You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Good morning. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yes. Friends. Good to see you. See some new faces. See some old faces I haven't seen in a while. Yay. I'm so glad you're here. Um, we do have childcare back here, childcare over here. If you haven't sent your kiddos there. Yes, thank the Lord for volunteers that you can trust who love Jesus. We couldn't do any of this without our volunteers. We love you. Oh, I'm like shaky from partly coffee, mostly Holy Spirit. <laughs> I drank a whole thing of coffee and didn't eat anything. So I was up there like, one true living God. I'm going to go right up to heaven. <laughs> oh, I love the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. I, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding more and more. I'm understanding more and more what the disciples were saying when they said, where else could I go? Where else would we go when Jesus was preparing them to take up their cross, not to out of their works, but showing them a sober picture of what the gospel is going to cost them. Take up your cross, the symbol of an agonizing death of a criminal. To, to love Jesus, to follow Jesus, to be a believer was to take up the cross, the possibility of a death on the cross. And their response was, where else would we go? I want that to be where my heart rests in. Where else could I go? If your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going anywhere. Amen. This morning, we're going to talk about surrender, and we're going to switch up and do some, we're going to switch up the service today, but I'll tell you about that when we get there. <laughs> So come along the ride with me. It's going to be good. I feel the, the, the fire, like David Hogan says, the fire. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Anybody, David Hogan? I love him. It's amazing. Um, I feel the fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit this morning. I feel his presence. My prayer to the Holy Spirit often is let who you are be the realest person to me in the room today. Let who you are be the real. Me and Isabel were praying on the way to church. Holy Spirit, let who you are be the realest person in this car. <laughs> and when you pray your prayer like that, buckle up. Because where the Holy Spirit is in the room, things get fiery, things get hot. He doesn't like to do cold. He likes to do steamy. 
And so, you know, feel free to adjust the thermostat. Russ. <laughs> because when the fire is in the room, it gets hot. But we were made for the fire. We were made for the fire this morning. We're going to talk about surrender today. We've been doing a series on Wednesday nights on surrender. And we've kind of been um, switching up the way that we do our Wednesday nights. And we've been doing on this series of surrender, just breaking down week by week what that looks like, what God is speaking to us individually about surrender. And what I felt like he wanted to do today was um, talk about the principle of rest and what that has to do with surrender. And... Um, and then get into um, how we surrender um, when there's opposition. I talked a couple weeks ago a little bit about opposition. When there's opposition in our lives, there will be at some point um, a direct, or when there's a belief system, excuse me, when there's a belief system that God is wanting to make a foundation for us in our lives, there will be at some point opposition to that belief, and he gives us an opportunity to stand. One, um, because sometimes there's opposition. One, because sometimes we make stupid decisions, and then there's consequences, and it feels like opposition in our lives. And two, the enemy hates us. He's been trying to be like God since the beginning of time. He's real mad that God made us in his image. And so we, because we are like God, he hates us very much. <laughs> Hell is not a punishment from God. Jesus was actually the solution to, to be our savior, to rescue us from that life, from that, um, from that destiny. And so the, the, the enemy hates us, and, and he wants there to be opposition in our lives. He does not want us to believe in the character of God, he wants there to be a lie about who God is in our hearts. We hear that from John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to still kill and destroy. And Jesus says, but I came to give you life and life to the full. It's my life verse. I stand on it. Everything else outside of that truth is a lie to me. And the third thing, God is so good. The reason, you know, why there will be opposition and how we get through it. The third thing, God is so good, whether we made a mistake that caused the opposition of a, because it's just the consequences of those mistakes. There's, there's a cause and an effect. Or the enemy's causing something, putting pressure on us. Anybody feel like they're kind of in a place of feeling the crushing? And sometimes it's our mistakes or it's the enemy, but either way, God is good, he's merciful, he's gracious, and he will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. He will take our mistakes and he'll turn it into something good. He'll show us what we're made of. He'll show us what we're made for. He'll use it to, to rub it in the enemy's face. You try to hurt my child and my child's now going to take this and it's going to be a part of their destiny. Because I believe, this is for somebody in the room, as this wasn't in my notes, but I believe that when we were in our mother's womb, that God made us for a specific, he, he had a divine purpose for us in the earth. 
the number one thing was for us to know that we were loved, that he is loved and receive that love. Number two is this divine purpose that has nothing to do with us and it has everything to do with those around us. Because it's for a, coming back for, he's coming back for a whole bride and we, he needs each of us. And our divine purpose in the earth is to put the whole body together. And so I believe when we are in our mother's womb, there was this divine purpose inside of us to be loved, to know we're loved, to know that he is love, and to become love, to realize that he made us that way and made us for it. And this divine purpose in the earth is, the, is why he gave you the gifts and the talents and the creativity and the, the way that your brain is structured to take in information and, and how you understand things and the perspective that you see was on purpose. And I believe we each have this divine purpose in the earth. And, and God did that on purpose. And, and, and what he put in you is important to him. And so we honor that. We honor what he put in us, and that is our greatest, that is our greatest worship to the Lord. We honor what he put in us. This is what I feel like for someone in the room. That thing that God put in you, that divine purpose, you're going to see opposition against that in your life. If God says your divine purpose is going to be to rescue my abused ones, there's going to be direct opposition. See, God doesn't have to cause abuse in our lives for us to be better at rescuing the abused. But the enemy will want to call us by a different name. He'll want us to believe that you cannot help this people group. You cannot, you cannot complete this destiny. You cannot step into what I've called you to because you're just as broken as they are. God doesn't have to cause something. But what he does in his kindness and mercy, he says to the enemy, what you tried to do to stop what I have called them to, they are, that's actually going to equip them even more to release this divine purpose in the earth in a greater way. See, there's, there is the theology going around that God will cause things in order to grow us so that we can go and, and help broken people more. But that doesn't sound like a good father. Why would we go to rescue broken people and while our own father is making us broken? He came to make us whole life and life to the full. So let's just brush that lie off today that the God will cause things to happen badly in our lives in order to prepare us for something. No, but he'll take what we're going through and what we're struggling with and he will use it. He will use what the enemy meant for evil and it will equip us even more. It will cause us to have more compassion for people in that area. It will cause us to be able to relate to people more. It will cause us to understand I remember one time the Lord told me, don't you dare stand in front of another group of people and talk about my love before you learn to fall in love with people. Because I was called to release the love of the Father in my greater purpose, but I hadn't first learned how to love people. He prepares us because he's good, and he'll take ugly things and he'll show, them, he'll show us how to make it beautiful. 
that was for somebody today because it, it does have to do with surrender, surrendering our beliefs about the character of God. So I'm going to get through this quickly because I want to do something special today. So we need to stay on mark here with time um, because we will get you out of here today at the normal time. Okay, so we're talking about surrender and how rest relates to surrender. So we're, I, I've taught on this before. This isn't going to be the main portion, but I feel like it's important for... Um, I feel like it's important um, for those of you who haven't really um, been a part of us on this journey of learning what the principle of rest is. And so when I say rest, what do you think of? <laughs> you think, you know, what, what does rest look like in the physical? You know, shout out. Let's have a conversation. Comfortable? doing nothing, relaxing, peaceful. If you just had like a crazy, chaotic week and you're like, I'm going to rest, what does that look like for you? (laughs) Silence. It looks like me just vegging out just like this with a snack. So there's this principle of rest that has nothing to do with what we do. Rest is actually a heart posture. Rest, there's this picture of rest that helps me. When we rest in the Lord, we rest... We rest in his character. Now, I remember when I, um, when, I, when I first, when I was on my walk with the Lord, and I was at a different place than I am now, because we go from glory to glory, and in that, as we receive more glory, as we become aware of the glory that's being poured out, we understand him more. And so I, I didn't understand God as good and only good, as love of my soul, as good father only. And, um, and so when I heard this talk of surrender, I would think that there's things that I need to do to surrender. And surrender looks like the loudest, jumpiest up on the front row, you know, this is before worship leader days, just coming to church, being a believer, the loudest um, worshiper. That looks like a life of surrender. Surrender looks like everything um, in me, this is my view then. I'm bad. God's good. I have to strip myself of everything that involves me and, and just lay all that down So, like, God's going to ask me to do stuff that I don't like, and I'm just going to do it anyways because that's what surrender looks like. And it had a lot to do with me, what I could do. I didn't need the Holy Spirit. I just needed willpower and sweat and blood and tears, and I liked that, and I could boast in my own accomplishments because I was strong enough to surrender, you know? And I liked it because I I was good at it. 
and I could be the best Christian in the room. But it, but it was based off of what I could do, and I could boast, and then I had an attitude with other people who didn't do it as good as me because I had a standard for myself that I had to meet. And I put everybody else at that same standard and then, um, and then looked at them and judged them when they couldn't meet my standard. Because if you just tried hard enough, you just read your Bible enough, you did enough declarations, you, you would be able to do this surrender thing too, but you're just not doing it. You're not working hard enough. And it became this works thing and what I can do. And, and it, it didn't help me to fall in love with people, but it, but it made me a God unto myself. I didn't need the Holy Spirit. If we don't need the Holy Spirit and surrender, it's idolatry. We need him. It's through relationship. We surrender because we love him. We surrender. God showed me one day, what if surrender for you right now, because it's not all black and white. Surrender for you right now probably looks different for what it looks like for me. God told me, what a surrender for you looks like. Believing, you've heard me say this, I've been saying it for a couple weeks on Wednesday nights, believing who I say I am, believing who I say you are, and believing that I'll do what I say that I'll do. What if that's what surrender, what if surrender starts with the belief and it's not about what you can do to please me, but it's about changing your mind. It's about changing your mind. In Ephesians, in Ephesians, four, I think it's 17, I don't got the verse on here, I don't have the place, Ephesians 4, 17, Paul talks about this, now he's talking to believers, he's, you can just pull up chapter 4, and it's in there in the middle somewhere, <laughs> in Ephesians 4, Paul's talking to believers, and he's saying, don't, don't keep living like you did before you believed, because the Gentiles, those are unbelievers. Those are people outside of the covenant, those who, who don't believe. Because listen, remember, surrender, what if it's about what we believe? It's about what we believe about God and his character. It's about what we believe about his character, and then because of that, what we can do, and, and, and what he say he would do, his promises. Okay, what if that's what surrender looks like right now? What if that's what God's speaking right now? And, and he's saying, don't, be, don't keep thinking like you did before you were a believer. That's carnal thinking. Because the Gentiles, they, they, their, their understanding was darkened. So what they believed, what they were thinking about, it was darkened. And therefore their hearts, let me read it. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Something happened with their understanding. It went dark. What they thought about the, who God was, the character of God, it went dark. And then their hearts were hardened because of what they believed about him. And then it goes down and it says, don't think about them. What you need to do is be renewed in the attitude of your mind. Be renewed in the attitude of your mind. Surrender starts with believing who God is, who he says we are, and what he says we'll do. It starts with bringing the light, the truth, into our understanding so it won't be darkened, so that our hearts won't be hardened. Because what we believe affects, affects what we do. So when we rest, 
the principle of rest is I sit down in my heart posture and I let you be God. I invite the Holy Spirit to teach me what it looks like to surrender right now, today. What, what beliefs do I need to surrender to you? Because what I believe affects what I'll do. What if surrender wasn't about the doing, but it was about the believing? And resting is that picture of I sit down in my heart. I sit down. And when that opposition comes, that direct opposition to whatever I feel like God's saying, surrender this belief. You're believing this. I want you to believe something else. And then that opposition will come right up against that belief, that truth, and want to change your mind. The rest is I'm going to sit back. I'm going to rest in what I know you've said to surrender to in my beliefs. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me do that because I can't do it without you. It's not something I can work up or get to. I need you, Holy Spirit. And I'll sit down in this recliner and I'll let Jesus stand for me. I rest in my emotions and what I think and my thoughts and my understanding. I rest. I'm not anxious. I'm not looking for plan B. I'm not, I'm not um, making a plan to whatever he's asking you with me? Rest really just looks like trust. Rest is a heart posture of trusting God, and rest is fruit of surrender. So if surrender starts with believing God's character, then when opposition comes, we rest in that character and let God stand and be God. We let him show up for us. There's a principle of this. Let's go to Joshua 4. We're going to get to Joshua 4.4. We're going to get to this quick. Here's what I felt like God was saying this morning that I wanted to leave you all with before we do something a little special today. story of Joshua. If you've been in church long enough, you've heard this, but can you with me just pretend like this is the first time you ever heard the story so that we can receive some fresh revelation? Joshua was the one. Moses received the promise of the promised land. Joshua was the one that got to take the promised land. He actually took the territory. Listen, I felt like God wanted to just touch on the principles of rest so that we have tools, spiritual tools, to help us, but he's highlighting opposition today. There was opposition. I think that the Israelites had an idea after being enslaved what walking into the promised land was going to look like. And God had an idea too. And he was going to show them what they were capable of and made of. And he taught them principles along the way as they were getting there on how they can stand against opposition because God is so good, he can see ahead. He can see ahead of what the enemy's gonna do. And when the enemy's gonna bring opposition, first he wants to give us a promise so that we have something to hold on to in the middle of opposition. That's why prophetic words are so powerful. And when we know him, we'll... I'm not gonna get into that. So, <laughs> yeah. So... When, when prophetic words are released over our lives, those are for, prepare, prepare with those. Don't just put them on a shelf. It's not 
um, responsible with your prophetic words. Don't just put them on a shelf and just be like, I'll just wait for the sovereignty of God on that. If you believe it and it, and, it, and it feels right in your spirit and you have peace about it, pray it over your lives. Hold it up against opposition and pray into it. We did that with our house. We got some words and we weren't seeing anybody want to buy our house, but we got words about the price we were going to get. And we went to the house and we prayed over the house and we released the prophetic words and we said, this is your territory, God. We're doing this out of obedience because you've asked us to. And we're releasing the prophetic um, promise of God over this, this property. It's yours. And this is what we're going to get for it. And, this is, and, and it's going to happen because you promised it. We didn't just sit at home and just wait for the sovereignty of God. We stood on the promise because he gave us a tool for opposition. He's giving us tools for opposition. Um, he did that with the Israelites. This is what he said to do. Make monuments of my faithfulness. On their way of taking territory in the promised land, they came up to the Jordan River. And in order to, there, it was a big river and they needed to have this whole multitude of people, a whole people group to cross and so they took the present, they took the Ark of the Covenant, the presence, the power of God. And, 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 and God gave Joshua a word in, in um, Joshua 3. It's, the Lord spoke to Joshua and he told him exact instructions of what to do. Take the presence out. Take my presence out in front. Let them stand in the Jordan River and with the priests stand in the Jordan River. And I'm going to do something. And this is going to remind you. When you face opposition, when you have to go all the Hittites and Shizites and all the ites that they were going to have to defeat, um, this is going to remind you when you face opposition, the power that I have. And so they did that. The water cleared. They crossed. But before they crossed, God said, take 12 stones, put them up on your shoulders, build a monument here. Build a monument here. And, and, and this is what it says in Joshua 4.4. 4. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord, your, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of, of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stone means? Tell them. Okay, and then again, they do that. Listen, sometimes there's a shouldering of a promise. Sometimes there's, there is work and there is sweat that goes into a promise. Although we rest in our heart posture that God's going to bring the promise, there is things for us to do. That's where surrender comes in. And, and here's what's beautiful about this that I feel like is a word from the Lord today for us. Again, in verse 21, first he says, when your children ask, when your children ask, tell them, tell them about my faithfulness. And then at the end, when they do what he has said, then they cross. The presence of God was not moving from that place until they put a monument of the faithfulness of God, and then it moved on to take territory. Okay, and then it says again after they moved on to take territory in the future. So, so Joshua's being, you know, he's speaking out for the word of God over them again. In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stone means? Tell them. 
These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. These will stand to be a memorial of my faithfulness forever. First he said, when your children ask you, tell them about my faithfulness. And then he said, when your descendants' children ask them, tell them about my faithfulness. Listen, sometimes we, when we're in the place of shouldering the promise of God and it's hard but we surrender anyways, it's not just for me. It's not just for you. It's for my children and my children's children. And they will not have to shoulder the stones, but they'll be able to remember the faithfulness of God. See, Moses did that. He was ready to shoulder the promise, even though he didn't get to step into the promised land. But he said, it's enough for my children and my children's children. And they won't have to, to, to wander in the desert. Some of us are experiencing opposition today, but it's not just about you. Get out of just looking at yourself. Is it enough to be for your children to step into the promise? Will you carry it? Is it enough for your children's children to be able to step into the promise? The thing that God is saying, surrender this belief system to me today. Okay, we're going to do something. I'm going to have my gathering team members stand. How many people we need? Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to get a little messy in here. So our gathering team members are going to have seven people to each group. We're going to switch up the chairs. We're going to make a circle with our gathering team members. And we got a couple of questions we're just going to receive from each other and share with each other. And then I'm going to end us off with an activation. We got... We got a little bit to do that. So if you'll just stand, the gathering team members will kind of count you off and say, hey, you're in my group. Let's switch our chairs around. And they will lead from this point. All right, I'm buttoning in. I love to hear all of the conversation. But we're, we want to stick on track with the, with the time so that the nursery workers will be able to release the kids here in about five minutes. So um, yeah, I would love this is the purpose of this. I love hearing all the conversation. Feel free to continue to chat with your gathering team lead after service, ask any questions you have, and get prayer from each other. But I did want us to um, to kind of wrap together, um, and I, I'm going to close with this activation. After I'm done, I'm going to pray over you guys. Um, then y'all can um, get your kids, and then, uh, then y'all can feel free to keep chatting. If you want to help us put the chairs back, that'd be great. It's going to take me forever to do it by myself. <laughs> Um, but I do want to walk us through this activation. So if everyone, we kind of opened up, got a little bit of vulnerable in our groups, we're going to kind of stay in our circles. Feel free to get up and go to the bathroom if you have to. But um, if you just want to close your eyes, and we're just going to kind of just quiet ourselves and just, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to reveal yourself as you are to us. I just want you all to listen. Listen. First, I want to say that being the loudest person in the room in worship is not bad. That being on our face before the Lord and, and, and radical worship is beautiful. 
when our heart posture is in the right place, when our motivation is because we love him, not because we want to earn that love or we want to earn the respect of people. It's beautiful. Surrender looks like many different things for each individual. What is God asking you to surrender in your belief system today, for today, for where you are? We used to have a silly example from youth leaders when we were young, good people, good hearts. But there was this example that I was taught that surrender looked like when the police came and they put a gun in your face and you put your hands up and said, I surrender. But God is love, and love does not have to have its own way. It does not control, like it says in 1 Corinthians 13. He's a good father. And the image looks more like a child putting its hands up to a good father and saying, I trust you, I trust who you are, that you love me, and I, tr- and I, and I want you to pick me up and let me rest in your arms. So today, we're going to surrender by trusting he's a good father and that he's going to pick us up in his arms and let us rest in that love today. Children know how to do that well. I'm going to read this verse over you. Zephaniah. Zephaniah 3.17 says, the Lord your God is with you. Receive that today if you're experiencing opposition as you surrender and trust him. The Lord is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He'll take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. That word rejoice in the Hebrew means to dance and sing with violent emotion. When we're experiencing opposition, it's good to know that we have a Savior who's dancing over us with violent emotion, who is worshiping, who is singing over us, delighting in us with violent emotion. Fathers do that for their children often. Dance with violent emotion because they delight in their children. I want you to imagine the father as you say, I surrender, whatever that belief is, as you say, I surrender and lift your hands up to be held by a good father today. I want you to imagine the father dancing over you, dancing over you with delight as you being his child dancing over you, and as his feet, every time it hits the ground around you, you feel the vibrations of his love hit the ground and vibrate around you with protection of his great arms as he scoops you up and begins to allow you to join the dance with him. And you join in the dance with your good father, and all of a sudden, the fears that you had when you first put your arms up to say, hold me, let me rest in your love, I need you, all of a sudden those fears are turned to joy and you begin to dance with the Lord. 
and you begin to dance through opposition with him on your side. In your own way today, I want you just to say to the Lord, if you feel so led, I surrender this to you. And I invite you to show me what that looks like. Jesus, I bless my family here. I bless what you're doing in people's hearts. I bless how you're moving. Thank you that you, you never stop speaking. That you're, It's your delight to hear what we have to say, to hear our questions, and to talk with us because you love us. It's your delight to be who you say you are, our protector, our provider, our rescuer, our savior our deliverer, our healer. And we welcome you to come and change our minds in all the places where there are lies about your character. Give us grace and courage as we step in front of opposition and stand on these remembrance stones, this moment right here, what you've told us in this moment, what we've experienced in this moment. God, help us to stand on this when opposition comes, that you're a good father, that you're for us, that you hold us, that you're with us and you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being willing to switch it up today and be flexible. This was fun, huh? Um, feel free to hang out and chat. If you want to help put the chairs up, you can. If not, don't feel obligated. If you want to relieve the children's workers with your kids, that'd be great. We love y'all. Have a great Sunday. Also, reach out for prayer if you need it. Grab somebody in your group. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.